What's up, you guys? Happy Sunday, and welcome back to your favorite podcast. Maybe just your favorite Sunday podcast, but we're just going to pretend brunch with Des B. I'm your host, Des, also known as Des B, and today the B stands for business savvy. Kind of. Kind of. I'm not a professional business owner, but I am a pretty good business owner. So, If you're out here looking to start up your own grind, you're in the right place today because I'm really excited to give you guys some tips and tricks for um, being a small business owner, maybe taking that step, how to be better at it, um, things that you need to think about beforehand, things that I did, kind of the start of my business and more. So we're going to get into that here in a second. But beforehand, a little bit of housekeeping things. Number one, I am literally sitting here with my DoorDash open trying to figure out if I want to order food. And I'm just going to say it out loud to you guys so I don't do it. I don't need to order food. I can make I can make my own meal. I have food to make a meal. Granted, I don't have like a lot in my fridge right now, but I can I can do this. I can do this. I'm okay. So there's number 1 of housekeeping is that if you are sitting here on Sunday and you're hungover and you're like, oh, I'm going to DoorDash, don't fucking do it. You don't have to do it. Don't spend the money. The delivery fees, the service fees are bullshit. They get you at the end. Don't do it. Go make a sandwich and call it a day. Um, I am also sitting here with my hydro drug as usual. I actually have a little bit of crystal light in here. I did a coffee this morning. Um, and no, I didn't fucking Uber eats it. I'm fucking proud of myself. I made my own Starbucks coffee. I got like a little ready to drink cold brew. It's 11 ounces. It was perfect. It's about 180 milligrams of caffeine, which is like a really great amount. And by the time you get a venti coffee, you end up getting like 11 to 12 ounces, right? Cause they fill that fucker up with ice. So really um, it was like $2.99, maybe at CVS. I put in my own creamer, two packets of Splenda, and honest to God, it tasted better than what I usually get at Starbucks. Like, I'm not even fucking lying to you. So, really interesting. It's literally just Starbucks cold brew black. It's 15 calories. Um, it comes in like a, just a little like plasticky, like can looking thing. Um, I got it at CVS. So, definitely going to do another one tomorrow. Um, and might just start picking up some cold brew like during the week at the grocery store, um, to eliminate my habit of actually physically getting Starbucks every single day of the week. So there's my little tip to you. Um, outside of that hydro drug, drinking water, coffee down, um, took my greens this morning from Milani. I'm back on my greens gang, bitch. Um, also tomorrow, Alani nutrition, fit snacks are back in stock. I actually had um, a whole thing yesterday. (laughs) They're just so good. They're so gummy and like they're delicious. They don't taste like starchy or shitty. Um, They have a lot of uh, a lot of fiber in them or not. I'm sorry. They don't have a lot of fiber in them other than like versus uh, what you would call like smart. I think they're called smart sweets. Those are fucking loaded with fiber. So um, definitely good for um, consistency of digestion, but those release tomorrow at 12 PM EST. You can use my code Desby to pick them up and get free shipping over $50. And that does support me for every, oh, let me remember my percentages for every, oh yeah. For every $20 that you spend, I make $2. So if you make a 
$60 purchase, I make $6. Um, that would give you free shipping and then I make $6. So hashtag transparency. Um, outside of that, nothing really new um, in the hood. I'm still sleep training Maddox. Um, and I wouldn't even call it sleep training. He is a fucking hoss man. Like he's been sleeping from 7 p.m. to like past 7 a.m. I have to physically go wake him up. I let him take two naps during the day. He might take little like 15 minute snoozes here and there, but like hardcore naps two times a day, usually for no longer than two hours. Um, so like today he went down at like 10:40 a.m. I'm probably only gonna let him sleep till like one. Would that make sense? Oh no, like <laughs> like 12:30. I'll probably let him sleep too. And then I'll wake him up and he'll probably go down for another nap like between two and three. And I usually only let that one be like an hour and a half. So if you guys are new parents out there, definitely just get into a routine. Like I can't express how much that alone changed the game for Maddox and I. Like it's just, it's amazing. So last night I was home alone. Wyatt um, had another work event, um, which if any of you guys have husbands that travel for work, I just want to applaud you because I've never lived alone, like ever, ever. I've never, ever, ever lived alone, um, which is crazy to say out loud, but I had roommates in college. Um, most of the time, one of them would always be there like at home. And I ne- so I never really stayed alone. After that, I moved in with Wyatt and or I lived with his parents and that was it. Like I never had that time to be alone, which... I don't regret, but my point is, is that I'm fucking terrified of being at home alone at night. I had a terrible obsession with true crime for like a few years. And I mean, I would, I would listen to true crime doing anything, anything, anywhere I was listening. Crime junkie, true crime garage, my favorite murdered, um, Dr. Death. There was a ton of like audiobooks too, that I listened to. I was just fascinated with, you know, Dateline 2020, everything. And ever since I had Maddox, it got worse, like my anxiety. But at night, I'm I'm grateful that I have dogs and I know that they would bark if anything were to ever happen. Everything's locked up. We're in a great neighborhood. Nothing, you know, knock on wood, nothing's ever happened. Like we live in a great place, but I still find myself terrified. I even live behind a fire department, which I mean, they're not cops, but like, you know what I mean? They're part of first response, you know? So I don't know why I'm such a pussy, but Wyatt was gone and I just, I can never sleep when he's gone. So he's coming home tonight. Um, but I just hate him being gone. It just makes me sad. And we've been together for like a year and a half, almost nonstop. And he's finally back in the office and it's just, it's sad. It's sad. Like it's nice. It's nice to like miss each other again. And guys, like, don't be, don't be ashamed to like admit that. Like we all need absence in our life. Like we need isolation time. We need alone time to then make our relationship. You know, we're more fond of each other. Like we're humans. We are not meant to be with someone every hour of the day. Like it is just, it's, it's hard. Right. So, you know, if Wyatt and I can make it through quarantine with a new baby and more and the, you know, everything we've gone through the past two years we're set for life. Um, but anyways, love him. He's doing a great job at work. And so I just, I can't wait to see him tonight and you know what happens. 
when you haven't seen each other. I probably will get a foot rub. Fuck yeah, bitch. Um, anyways, outside of that, nothing's really new. Um, still in the process of getting my new resistance bands up and at it. I have a final sample coming from another company. So really want to make sure I'm getting good quality bands. These aren't like glute bands. These are like tube bands. So tube bands with things like you do bicep curls with, you know, you put them under your feet and like curl or like do an um, like upright row. You can do whatever you want with them. Right. And then it comes with attachments with like the door, um, different attachments to put like on your ankles, in your hands, um, meaning like handles, whatever you want. So getting those figured out. Um, I got new keychains, new stickers. Those will go out with every order and strong ass mom program has been fantastic. We have such a nice intimate group of just moms and it's really cool because everyone like posts their baby and it's just so much more relatable right now in my life versus like our challenge group where like some people are like just getting engaged. Some people are just single. Some people are younger, some people are older, which is fine, but it's cool to be like in a mom's only group. There's just something about it. So, um, really nice, really intimate that is available now and always available. Um, but I think that's it. Uh, let's, um, let's talk business. All right, so I'm grabbing a, mm, grabbing a drink real quick. Wow. All right, business. Business, say. Business. 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 I sound like a sim. Hasha blah. All right, so. If you are here right now, you are probably someone who, number one, either has a business, number two, maybe wants a business, number three, simply likes to know, like, likes to know business, has no want to do it, but just likes to hear about it, or number four, you're just, like, nosy, (laughs) and that's okay. Um, So, the one thing I will say is I want to kind of back up to, like, how I even started my business, because... I think that gives a lot of background of like where a person comes from and how they start to learn. So I started DBFT, Desby Fit Training is kind of what it was like really called at first. And then I kind of just broke it down. Desby Fit Training started in 2017. So I was graduating college. I was in my last semester of school. Um, and I was in an unpaid internship at Wendy's headquarters. So this is in Dublin, Ohio. I worked in their fitness center. I was an exercise specialist, group fitness instructor, and personal trainer. So during this time, I went to work every single day and worked pretty much from like 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. Or I would come in at like 9 p.m. and stay till 6 p.m. Um, or something like that around that time. So I was, I was there all, all day, every day. I didn't, I didn't have a day off. I was there five days a week. I got my weekends off. Well, you know, Saturday, Sunday off. And then I would go back to work on Mondays while I was there. It was a little bit of a slower gym because it is corporate wellness. So it's not like there were people in there all the time, or I'd had to tend to them all the time. So I had opportunity to like sit down on a computer, sit down on my laptop, read, educate myself, 
Um, and at this time I started really tending to Instagram at this point, there wasn't a lot of like fitness coaches. Like literally there was not a lot of fitness coaches. If anything, the only thing they coached were really bikini competitions or like bodybuilding. So there wasn't a lot of like lifestyle approaches. Instagram, like the explore page didn't really exist. You just kind of found people through people tagging them. Um, there wasn't like Instagram stories yet. It was just Snapchat. Um, there wasn't, I don't think there was even really a location tab yet, like where you could tag your location. So at this point I was just sharing on Instagram, like my, my experience working out. And this is just after I did my first bikini show. So I kind of documented it and I had people asking me for like advice and stuff. So I would kind of give it to them. Came to the point where people were then like, well, can you like make a program for me? Me being in an unpaid internship, I was like, um, yeah, like absolutely like Venmo me or PayPal me 40 bucks and I'll make you a six week workout. I had a few one-on-one clients as well that we like checked in. Um, it was workouts only. I didn't do nutrition at the time. I didn't feel like educated enough or comfortable to do that yet. So it was just workouts and accountability. Um, so that's where I started making money in general. Money started coming in and I really didn't know what to do with it. So I was very grateful to have really spent time educating myself and understanding what it looks like when you start making money online. Like you still have to report that. You still have to pay taxes. You still have to do this. You still have to do that, right? So 2017 was a big learning curve for me. And as much as my business kind of, I don't want to say it blew up, but I started making good money. I also was very diligent in making sure I knew where that money was and how to take care of it. So at this point, I'm 100% positive. The only way I took payment were Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal. This way, all of my expenses stayed separate. So hang with me there, bear with me there. Um, I didn't really understand what it was like to like purchase things and quote, write them off. But I did have to purchase like a laptop, Um, I also purchased, um, some filming equipment because I was doing YouTube or like I wanted to do YouTube, et cetera. So I did know that that was technically quote business like related, right? So I would be able to tell my accountant later, Hey, I bought this for like purposes of business use during this time. Um, I went to then kind of take over maternity leave for one of our main trainers at Wendy's. So I was kind of like dibble dally, dibble dabbling in the morning. I would be working all day, do what I can on like my lunch breaks or whatever. I would go home and then I would literally work from like, I got home like 4 PM, 6 PM, whatever. I'd maybe go work out first. I usually would work out and then I would work until like midnight and I would wake up and do it all again. So during this time, I was definitely just kind of on my own because like I said, Instagram wasn't a place where like people were helping each other. No one was sharing what they were doing. It was all very like exclusive. There wasn't really, there wasn't like a business coach type deal yet. Um, At least that like I was in the mix with, like I didn't know. I was just kind of going for it. Um, I did start following people like Amanda Bucci, Emily Duncan, Um, basically like their fucking blogs, like vlog squad back in the day. Um, I, Katie Hearn, obviously, um, who else was one of my OG 
Paige Hathaway. And I think that's kind of it. I didn't, I just like, didn't know who was like, who was big. Um, so after that point, I saw that people, um, so 2017, we're, we're going, we're going, we're going at the end of 2017. I was like, dude, I can't do, I can't do programs anymore per, per person. Like I'm getting way too many influx of programs. Why don't I make a fit guide and sell it where like, I don't have to make a custom program. I don't have to work harder. I work smarter. So I created a program, my first ever DBFT fit guide 1.0. I'm literally looking at it right now. It's actually in front of me. Um, I created this with a graphic designer. I had an ebook. Um, I did video recordings with like a hashtag. You could look up to find the video on Instagram. Um, and I just put it up for sale. Like I had a little website on Wix, W-I-X, Wix.com. I made my own website. Um, I put it on there. It was like a PDF downloadable. So like when you purchased, it would just send it right to your email. Again, all of which that you like watch videos, you learn how to set it up and you just like fucking go for it. And before I knew it, like hundreds of people were buying my thick eyed and I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. How, how else can I get this community together? So I created a Facebook group. And then before you know it, I birthed the first DBFT challenge um, and a few of them for like the first year or so I ran all by myself. Um, so it was just me, maybe a hundred girls max, you know, in a group, I had a fit guide that went with it. Um, and that's like how I started making money. So fast forward, I, you know, brought on Emily. She was my first hire on, um, in 2018. Um, and then, like I said, just started bringing on employees. I figured it out. I used, um, square space, um, for like in-person items. So like when I did camp Desby's and like I sold a shirt, I used Squarespace. So from there I used square for payroll, which all of my employees are contracted. So I give them 1099s. Again, this is stuff that I just like fucking went for. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, to be honest. I just knew that I wanted to do it the best way. So I paid for payroll, um, to take care of them and everything's been well sent. So I've actually switched accountants. I now have a bookkeeper. Um, I've delegated a ton of tasks away from me to better take care of me and do what I like to do. So that's a little bit of a rundown. I could, I could go so much deeper into kind of explaining more of the evolution and bringing on people and hiring and making a new website and bringing on a creative director and sales funnels and Facebook ads and copywriters and email lists and everything. There's a lot of shit that goes into growing a business. But the thing is, is it does, you don't need it all right away. And I think that's what scares a lot of business, uh, like entrepreneurs is that they think they have to have it all right away. And the answer is no. Yes, but no. Do you need the legality part taken care of? Absolutely. Like you probably need an LLC. You need to have a separate bank account. So again, like I kind of mentioned, you want to keep your stuff tracked separately. You want to use one card for your whole business or a credit card or whatever it might be. One account that that business is going into. Like, so for me, I have my PayPal account. That is my business account and my credit union account, which is my business account. So those two accounts are the only place where my money is being deposited that I make in my business. Therefore, it is separate from like my personal debit card where like if I go get a smoothie, I swipe, right? Right. 
So that's, you know, you definitely need that LLC bank account. And then you just need like a simple website. You need a simple platform that could be as little as Instagram. If you start selling stuff on Instagram and you say, are you interested? PayPal me with your address. That's a simple way to start. Like anyone can start. If you sell, say that you make some fucking radical coasters. Hey guys, new set of coasters. You put it on your Instagram. These are going for 10 bucks. I have two of them. Comment to claim. Someone comments, they go, oh my God, I want them. You say, awesome. Email me your address and I will and Venmo me at blank or, you know, whatever. It, like it's that easy to make money. Anyone can fucking make money. Anyone can make money. Let me say that again. Anyone can make extra money with a talent that they have. And it doesn't have to be a physical product. It could be, again, maybe you're an accountant and you, you could do bookkeeping for someone. Maybe you're, you want to be a videographer, you know, come go do someone's YouTube channel. Maybe you want to be an editor, promote that you would edit someone's videos. And I think the thing is too, is you can't come out guns a blazing with some high fucking dollar price. Okay. Sometimes you got to do the work for free to then bring the value up. So for example, I, I spent almost a fucking year and a half doing free shit for people, free workouts, free workouts, free workouts, free workouts, free program, free program, free program. I finally gained the, gained the rapport where people were willing to pay 40 bucks for a program. They pay 40 bucks, 40 bucks, 40 bucks, 40 bucks, 40 bucks, 40 bucks. All of a sudden I gained the rapport of a fit guide. I sell it for, I think my first fit guide was like 45, 45, 45, 45, 45, 45, 45. All of a sudden it keeps going, keeps going. I get an app. All of a sudden, I, my first program comes out. Bridal Boot Camp was technically my first like actual app program, not challenge. 75 bucks, 75, 75, 75, right? So you see, I didn't start at $75. My first challenge, I think was 70 bucks, maybe 90 to join max. And I was giving away like prizes and stuff too, right? Plus the ebook, plus the community, et cetera. So those are a higher dollar thing, but I didn't start fucking come out swinging with these high prices. So if you're someone who's trying to dabble in, right? Say that you make certain things, you can't mark up right away. You can't mark up right away. You got to gain some rapport. You got to gain some trust. You got to gain some good customer reviews, some good experiences, et cetera. So again, you don't need everything to start. So I'm here talking, oh, I got an email list. I got this, I got that. I had an email list to start. Yep, sure did. I had the free MailChimp email list. That's a great place to start for you guys. The best thing I can say to any business is if you do not have an email list, you are fucked. If you do not have an email list, you are fucked. And you want to know why? Because if tomorrow your Instagram got hacked, your Instagram got deleted, your business website went down, do you have a list of those customers? Exactly. You need to get them on an email list. This is the one place that you can control what they see. On Instagram with the algorithm, are they going to see every post? Nope. But you, you hit them with an email, they'll probably, they'll see probably every email. 
Will they read them? Maybe, maybe not. But the point is, is that you have a way to get a hold of your audience and you become om- like omnipresent, meaning that you're in multiple places. They see you on Twitter. They see you on Facebook. They see you on Instagram. They see you in their email list. They see you on TikTok. All of a sudden, they can't escape you as a business, as a business owner, whatever whatever kind of like take you, you have. So don't spin too many plates to start though. Pick something and master your craft. So for example, I started solely with Instagram. So here I am, imagine me, I got a plate spinning on my index finger of Instagram. I'm spinning the plate, spinning the plate. I'm crushing it. Oh, oh, Instagram's going pretty good. I'm going to make a Facebook page. Here I am. Now I'm spinning two plates, two plates, because I confidently can spin the first one. So I add a second. All of a sudden, okay, cool. Gaining traction on Facebook. Let's add in Twitter. I'm still spinning. I'm spinning. I'm spinning. All of a sudden, oh, cool. That's great. Let's add YouTube. Oh, I got YouTube. I'm spinning. So I didn't start by going in and saying, okay, I need a fucking podcast. I need to do fucking YouTube. I need to hurry up and get a Twitter. I need to get a TikTok. I need to get Facebook. I need Instagram. I need a website. I need a mail list. I started mastering my craft. Now, nowadays, Instagram might be hard to master, but at the end of the day, it's probably the most fucking used platform and especially for entrepreneurs or businesses, it's the easiest platform to, to promote on, promote on. So I would definitely start on Instagram, but you can also, you could, you could also start on TikTok. Here's the thing with TikTok though. Number one, the demographics of TikTok are, I, I, I'm not like a hundred percent of the percentages, but I guarantee you 80% of the users are under the age of 20. It's a very millennial into more so Gen Z app, which is fine. But guess what? Those people, they don't have money. They don't have money to buy what you're probably selling. Now, some, some of them will. That, that's why I'm saying TikTok can be a really great tool for blowing up small businesses, but you have to make sure you're on the right side of TikTok, right? You're on like professional business TikTok adult talk. <laughs> so TikTok though can get you crossover rate. So if, uh, if you promote your clay jewelry business and you show like a, a transformation and you make a cool, like, help me blow this up. I grind every day. You know, like you do one of those cool videos, like showing the process of what you do. You could get people that then click your Instagram and follow you and then place an order, right? So I'm, I'm not naive to the fact that TikTok can generate revenue, but for a lot of people, TikTok is throwing a double heart because it was a fun 15 second ride of adrenaline, and then they go on to the next video. So that's why I don't necessarily say I would come out guns a blazing on just TikTok only. If you want to try to dabble in Instagram and TikTok simultaneously, you can, because any anything that you make on TikTok, you can also repurpose to, to Instagram, right? Like you can repost a reel of a TikTok. I heard that Instagram doesn't like that, like when it can tell that you imported it from TikTok, but literally at this point, who gives a fuck? So that is definitely somewhere that you can also start, but Instagram is going to be the easiest to promote and like kind of make a shop. Now, the next thing is getting people to trust you, get people to want to buy, right? So find someone, find an influencer and, and send them stuff. Now, here's the thing though. A lot of you immediately run to someone like me 
which, which is smart because I do support small businesses. I'm very vocal about that. So shooting your shot, very smart. I'm not, I'm not negating that, but I will say, start with someone that you know is going to see your message. Someone that has 13,000 followers, 20,000 followers, maybe 50,000 followers, 70. I would say anything under a hundred thousand. They'll probably see your message, see your comment, whatever. Send them a little package. This is when you kind of lose money, right? But, but you're going to make it back, right? These people are a business transaction. You gift for free. So they bring you more, right? So essentially you gift them one set. All of a sudden they sell five. That's a profit of four sets for you by just giving up one, right? It's math. So when you send that out, make it a really good experience for whoever this is, something that they're going to want to post, something that they're excited to post, match their style, make them a personalized note. Hey, Sarah, thanks so much for letting me send you this. I hope that you love them. Can't wait to see you looking sexy as fuck in this jewelry. Boom. All of a sudden, Sarah posted on her Instagram, dude, I love this business. Look at this packaging. Look at the cute note she wrote. Oh my gosh, I love this. I can't wait to wear these. Guys, she even gave me a code. If you guys want 10% off, use this code. So she's giving them a code that you made for your website, which again, is gonna draw in more revenue. It's, it's hard sometimes to think about like giving away money, right? Like giving percentages off, but it always comes back to work in your favor because those people are going to be returning customers because that first experience for them was easy. Think of how many times you, you didn't go through with placing that order that you had because you're like, mm, God, it's just, if it was $10 cheaper, I would right? Like a few dollars can make a big difference for a customer to make a purchase. So I think that that would be a really good place for you guys to feel confident in running sales every now and then, but don't make them too reoccurring. So like for me, dude, I barely run sales. Barely. I mean, like I'll randomly do a flash sale. I really don't discount my things, but I also used to quite a bit. Like I used to run more sales quite a bit in the beginning, but now I've worked my rapport up to where it's like, I don't need to run sales. Do you know what I'm saying? So it gives your customers a really good chance for you to, again, build rapport, build multiple transactions between that one customer and have them reoccur. That's the one thing you want to look at at as a customer too. How much is that customer worth? So if you look on your, your dashboard of whatever you're using, Shopify, Wix, whatever, you look at how much that customer has spent. So maybe Jenna has made one transaction in her life, she spent $10. But then Sarah, she's actually purchased from you three times. She's worth $80. So obviously versus Jennifer, Sarah, you see Sarah's a little bit more of a reoccurring customer. If you ever see that just out of the blue and you have time to actually like diligently look over things like this and you're small, you're very small business to where you have that extra time to be tedious and growing and scaling your business, send out a personal email to Sarah be like, Hey, Sarah, I've seen you purchase three times. I just want to say thank you so much. I wanted to drop a code to you just for you. Use Sarah 20 at checkout. I'd love for you to get 20% off your next order. Um, can't wait to see what you get. It's stuff like that. That like makes a huge difference to this day. I reach out to quite a few girls before challenges start who I've just seen continue to do them over and over and over again. And I'm like, Hey dude, you've been here for X amount of times, or I see your name come up all the time. Here, here's 50% off the challenge. Use this code. 
can't, we can't, cannot wait to have you back. That one person who just supported me for two other challenges could have very well been in a final financial position of maybe not being able to do this next one. So I just gave her a 50% off code where yes, I'm making set, I'm making 50% off 50% less, but I'm also making 50% more than if she didn't join at all. Right? So there's a difference between being snaky and fucking gross in a difference between just literally saying thank you to your customers who you see are reoccurring. And that can help build a lot of rapport as well of them wanting to continue to support you in multiple ways. So for me, there's a lot of people that have never done a challenge in their life, but because they see, um, they see how much I love my challenge girls. Maybe they don't want to do a challenge, but they're like, dude, Des, I'm totally using your code for Tula. Like it's, it's building rapport in other places that will continue to overpour in other areas as well. So there's a lot of things that can go into building and establishing a strong customer base. But again, make sure that you guys have an email list. So these kind of emails and information you have, like you, you have in your pocket, like you have your customer base and you, you see your customer base. You know what I mean? that's going to be the best thing for you is that you keep a tab on them to where you can properly say, hey, thank you guys for being here, right? Okay. Mm. That was a lot. Now, uh, excuse me, when it comes to things like the hard things, people being unhappy, people wanting a return, you maybe losing money off of it. Maybe you sent out a physical product and they're like, I fucking hate it. I want my money back, right? I get it. I've been there. I've had a few people who um, have bought things even accidentally like, hey, does like this got charged in my card. Like I need this taken care of or I bought this. I literally just don't have I like, I don't have the means for it or whatever. Um, that's kind of all I've really encountered personally. Um, but I have had a few clients, like just one-on-one clients have to cancel coaching, right? Like, Hey, this, this came up. Um, I, I can't continue coaching. That's, that's money that you lose, right? As a business owner. But I would much rather have a person respect my immediate response and attention to take care of them than to not. So for example, I had a girl the other day. Um, she was like, Hey Des, I hate to bother you again, but I'm still missing my merch, which I don't deal with fulfillment. Like I don't touch fulfillment. I only do my bands. So I was like, Hey, let me look into this for you. And I went to the, the site and I requested, you know, some information from the fulfillment center. And they're like, Oh, it looks like we never printed it. It's been about two months. So I came back to the girl and I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. Um, I've, I've got, I've got it submitted right now. I've also made you a code for 20% off my website. If you ever want to place another order, um, I will make sure that it is taken care of right away. I appreciate your support always. Um, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So again, made it right by then also offering an opportunity for the next time she orders. Cause I know she's a reoccurring customer to feel a little bit taken care of for this small delay that she had. Um, and miscommunication with the fulfillment center. So if you ever have that type of thing, you know, when someone gets something, they're like, oh, I just don't like it or, or it, it doesn't work for me. Bite your tongue, 
and do always do what's right for the customer. Period. Period. Even if it makes your fucking blood boil and you're like, what the fuck? Always do what's right for the customer. Always. Always do your research as well. So like I've had two people within the past two weeks, which is random. I've never had this before. Email me claiming that they had a false charge on their card. I'm like, hey, you know, here's my, immediately. I mean, I was on this within fucking 10 minutes. Hi, blank. Can you like break down the transaction? Can I have a date? Can I have a time so I can look back at my records? Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I found both of these transactions. I sent them over the information. Hi, does this look familiar? Here's what's going on. One girl, she was a little bit older woman. She even called, like she called me because she found my business phone number. So like there's this old woman on the phone. I'm trying to handle business wise, getting information from her, et cetera taking time to be personable, texting her even personally. Hey, did, did you get my email? Wanted to make sure I want to get taken this taken care of you right, taking care for you right away. Come to find out both these people, literally both these people, their friends or like their family had used their card. Um, and it must've been like an auto checkout, you know, where their card information was already there, um, to where they used their card and like, didn't realize it. So they, or maybe they did. Right. So they text me back or they email me back. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I look at the transaction now. That's actually my blank or that's actually blank. Um, I'm so sorry. Thank you so much for taking care of this immediately. Now that probably just gave them a whole nother outlook of the kind of way that I run my fucking business to where they're, they're going to go to that friend or whoever family member that used their card and be like, dude, you're a fucker for using my card. But honestly, don't worry about it. She took care of it right away. Um, and like no big deal. You know, I might even like check her out next time or something like that. Like, that's the kind of experience you want to leave your customers with. So even if it hurts, even if it sucks, you know, for someone to be like, I want a refund, just give them the fucking refund. All right. I would rather refund a fucking $70 item one time than get a negative Yelp review or better business bureau review that can stain the reputation of my business. Right especially when it's like, it's not like that. It's, it doesn't have to be like that. So especially for my app plans, it sucks because a lot of people used to share my PDF eBooks, like my DBFT fit guides. People would put them all over the internet and people would be able to download them for free. I lost thousands and thousands of dollars from people just copying and pasting my programs and uploading them to various sites. So other people can like, they could share them and like swap programs it's just, it's ridiculous, right? But there's nothing I could do about it. So when I have the opportunity now on my app plans, when they release to people, they immediately get like the downloads and stuff, right? So I've had a few times where people like purchase um, and they're like, hey, Des, I didn't mean to push purchase. You know, can I get a refund? I'll just immediately contact my developers and be like, hey, can you ensure that, you know, access is restricted to this person, um, all program entities and downloads are taken away, whatever they take care of it. And you know what? I gladly refund them. If they had the opportunity to download everything real quick, take screenshots, whatever it might be. And if that's really the kind of person they want to be, then fuck it. Right. It's, it's a lost cause. Think of how many underwear per year, Victoria's secret loses from fucking from people stealing. You think they're sweating it? Probably not. 
because they build that into a natural loss that occurs in the company. And that's the same thing that I do with my outlook of my business. I don't have a set amount, like I don't have a set number where I'm like, oh, I'm going to lose this much in revenue this year. (laughs) Absolutely not. But if something like that comes up, that's where I do my duty to make it a good customer experience and immediately take care of it. Um, And that goes with any of my coaches as well. They know how to take care of their clients. And if something comes up, we have a very, very nice and flexible coaching opportunity Um, where it is not meant to be taken advantage of, but we do respect certain situations and always will uphold as well as we can or work around whatever that might be. And that's what you have to do for your business. And again, that doesn't matter what kind of business you run, whether it's a physical product, whether it's something like coaching, whether it's something like website design, videography, photography, whatever it might be, always do what's best for the customer. The last thing that I would really say is like super important in terms of starting a business, having a business and more is, is simply just communication and timeliness. Those are two things that will take a business so far. It's insane. Timeliness. How fast are you shipping out things? How fast are you getting back to emails? How fast is your turnaround time? How fast are you working? Right? How, how, then here we go. Segue into that communication. How long do you tell your customers that it'll take? Do you uphold to that? If not, for some reason, do you reach out? Are you posting on Instagram, but not replying to emails? These are things that customers are going to piece together and they're going to look at you and be like, dude, fuck this. I'm never ordering from her again or ordering from him again or ordering from, or I'm never doing coaching with Des again. There is a difference between having work times and being on Instagram. Like for example, my clients and I have a very open communication. They need their check-ins in before noon. If I don't get their check-in before noon, I'm off doing my own shit. Nonetheless, sometimes like life comes up, you know, maybe I have an appointment in the morning with Maddox or something where like I'm out and about, I'm on my Instagram, but I haven't replied to them. I've already set that precedent of communication. They know I will get to them. I can be on my Instagram stories and they know because we set that precedent in the beginning. Now, when it comes to something else, it's important to set um, autoresponders on an email, something just so they know that you've received their message and you will get back to them in X amount of time. So maybe you're on vacation. Maybe you're on vacation. There is a thing on email called vacation mode. You can use this for vacations. You can use this for simply being out of office. You can have this on indefinitely. What this does is give an auto response and it can say, hello, thank you so much for emailing desbefit at gmail.com. I'm sorry I can't get to you. I'm out of town until Friday and we'll be back in the office checking emails on Monday, July 4th at 2 p.m. by 2 p.m. EST. I look forward to hearing from you. Same thing with like even my app. I have an auto message on my app. If someone sends me a message through the app, it says, this email is not properly monitored. Here's where you can find this, which is like mostly because it's a common question. If you need any other further acts or if you need any further assistance or something immediately, please contact teamdbft at gmail.com. Multiple places that is set up. It's very important because this sets a tone that you are available, but your time is not endless. We all need time to clock out. 
right? So like on Saturdays, if you email me, I'm probably not emailing you back Saturday unless I, I look at it and I find it very, very urgent. But communication and timeliness can just propel you forward times 100. For example, two weeks ago now, I was in Michigan. I looked at my orders on Shopify and I had quite a few band orders that need to be fulfilled. I immediately went through and emailed each one of those customers and let them know, hey, you might see on my Instagram, but I am in Michigan right now, obviously away from where I can fulfill your package. I will be home on Monday and I will plan on getting your package out immediately on Tuesday. Thank you so much for supporting and I apologize for the delay. They immediately replied back, said, hey, Des, totally figured, not a big deal, can't wait to get my bands. Boom. They literally knew, right? They knew that I was in Michigan, fucking obviously, right? They probably didn't even expect an email because they're like, oh yeah, she's obviously not home. I'll wait till she gets home. But I still went out of my way to let them know, hey, got your order, saw it's received on my website. It shows a three to five day shipping, priority shipping. So, hey, that's on me. I apologize. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's the day I'm going to send it out. Here's when you can expect it. And guess what? I always hold up to what I say. And if not, I send another fucking email. So it's amazing what you can do. And I know in my Patreon group, we have quite a few small businesses who operate off of like Etsy and stuff like that. And, you know, this is stuff that they're going to have to learn, right? They're going to have to learn to manage things, especially if you're working like a full-time job and trying to start a little side hustle. It's not easy. It's, it's not. But make sure that also you start to delegate tasks when needed as well. So at first, for the first like two years, I was pretty much doing every single thing all by myself multiple emails, client check-ins, running multiple Instagrams, running multiple Instagram DMs, doing my website development, doing my sales pages, doing the finance, doing the bookkeeping, doing the email list, writing the copyright or like writing the copywriting for programs, making the programs, editing the programs, everything. It came to a point where I didn't want to fucking do what I was doing anymore. And at that point, I took a step back. I said, okay, what am I good at? What do I, what do I genuinely wake up and love doing? From there, I wrote down those things that I love, wrote down the things that I do not love. And I started to find people that could do the things I don't love, but that they love. So for example, I fucking hate writing emails. So I found my copywriter who writes all my emails for me. I approve them. I make changes when I need to, maybe verbiage, maybe ideas, but he does it for me, right? Still my idea, still me, but I get to just edit and still send out a great email that I believe in and I love. Instagram, right? I couldn't run another Instagram account. Leah came in, took care of it, which we loved. I had another girl that ran it for a while. um, And now we have another girl named Shannon. She's doing a great job. And I pay these people to do their job. So I would rather take thousands of dollars a month and not have it in my pocket to virtually pay for more free time, less stress on my life and give the opportunity for other people to do what they love and make money doing what they love. That's the beauty behind owning a business is the opportunity that you can employ others and give other people money. Even if it's you don't have time to run your Instagram, find someone that wants to help you. Maybe at first they'll help you for free, right? They just like want to be your friend. They want to help you out. Then it comes to a point where they're helping you get more orders. 
because you're posting more. Then you tell that person, hey, dude, you've been helping me. Um, I'll give you a hundred bucks a week to just, you know, make those two posts on Instagram, just those two pictures, two captions, maybe repost something on our story once in a while. It's easy money. Then that works into building out your team. So again, it's not a linear way of learning. You have to stumble. You got to fuck up. You have to, you're going to be overwhelmed at some point. You're going to want to fucking quit. I've been there. I've cried over it. I've thrown my hands in the air and said, I'm fucking done with this multiple times. It is scary owning your own business. You're never going to know how much you're going to make. You're always going to guess. You're going to hope. But the best thing you can do is try if it's something that you really, really love. And guess what? If it doesn't work out and say that you have like a ton of stock that you're like, oh, fuck. Just fucking sell it. You you mark up everything you do anyway, right? That's how you make a profit, right? So if you bought, you you own a boutique and you bought a shirt for $2, you're going to sell that shirt for $12, $10. So you're making $10 in revenue. If you need to slice that shirt down to a $7 closeout, you're still making $5. I get it. I get it. You're technically losing money that you can make. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But again, this is, you can still make money and you can get your shit sold out. And my, my, just my point is, is that you can never fail. There's a customer out there for everyone. There's someone out there that wants to support you and what you do. And no matter who you are, you're good at something or you can be good at something or you can learn how to make something that people like. Like right now, the big, the big aesthetic is like beaded bracelets, like kind of like nineties, two thousands aesthetic of like really cute, like beaded bracelets, sit down and make them and fucking sell them. You can literally send those in a double stamped envelope based on weight and send them out, take them to the post office, write the address on it, ship them out. It's, it's awesome. Anyone can do it. And if you're right now making beaded necklaces, I would love one. <laughs> so I hope that you guys, like, honestly, I hope you took some fucking notes during this. Cause I think that this is a fire podcast for those of you out there who are looking to make money, be an entrepreneur. Where do I start? What do I do? I listed off some websites. I listed off some ideas. I gave you a good rundown on how to really formulate a great business. And just remember, it's okay to change paths. It's okay to start one way and end another. It's okay to have an idea and it not work out. And I'll leave you with this small story, kind of two of them. When I was kicked off the volleyball team in 2015, I knew I wanted to become a personal trainer. I said, fuck it to physical therapy. I knew I didn't want to go to doctorate school or like I didn't want to go into a graduate school and do get my doctorates. Knew I just wasn't it for me. I knew I wanted to become a personal trainer. And so after being an athlete and being in the student rec center, I was like, oh, I'll work at the rec center as a personal trainer. Like I know people that work there. I'm literally an ex-athlete. Like I'm the shit, right? I like had this mentality that like, duh. So I applied to work there, got an interview and they called me, mind you, I'm going to school for exercise science. I'm an ex-athlete. I'm in the process of getting my personal training cert. Sometimes in guys, we've all been, if we've been to college, we know sometimes the people that work at the student rec, they ain't fit. 
All right. So I'm fit. I looked, I looked apart. They called me and told me that I wasn't a good fit and they went forward with someone else. At that point alone, I thought I would never make it as a personal trainer. I was so disappointed. I was embarrassed. I was already kicked off the volleyball team. Then you're telling me I can't even get a job at the student rec center. Embarrassing. Then two weeks later, I got a job at West Hills Recreation Center, which is kind of like where all of the bougie like professors work out, right? Got a job there. And that's where I met my first ever client, Patty. And full circle moment was on my wedding day when she photographed my wedding. She quit her full-time job about a month or two into us personal training to start her photography business. She took a leap. She quit her job at Western to start her own business. I took a leap. I quit West Hills to start my own bit, like to go, you know, do my unpaid internship, start my own business. Full circle moment. I hire her for my wedding, which I told her back in 2015. I was like, you're going to photograph my wedding one day. And now she's thriving. She has her own business space. She has her own um, like office in Kalamazoo. She's fantastic. Like to this day, one of my biggest fans, I'm probably her biggest fan. And, um, though that's just two stories of how two people came together by chasing their dreams in separate ways. Right. So anyways, that is kind of like my last story for you. Kind of like a two part story, you know, it comes full circle, but you can do anything you set your mind to. You just really have to believe in yourself. You, you, I hate how people dog on manifesting, but it's so real guys. You are the energy you put out. And if you're going to sit there and sulk on your couch about how you're poor and you, you can't make money and no one wants to buy your stuff. That's exactly what's going to happen. It's exactly what's going to happen. Go out there, make something for yourself and crush it. Okay. I didn't come from much either. I had a normal family, divorced parents. My biggest splurge that they would make on me was putting me in travel sports. That was where our money was spent. Everywhere else was Plato's Closet, Goodwill, free lunches, free like free lunches, free breakfast, free lunch during the summers. We didn't come from much. I wasn't born into being an entrepreneur. I'm the first, people wouldn't even know. They look at me and my family, they're like, who the fuck raised you? Cause like, who are you? I made this pathway myself and I made it clear. And I gave up a lot of shit in my 20s, in college, in my early 20s in college, in my early life where I could have been out partying, could have been out having fun, could have been out doing all these things. But instead I had a vision of what I wanted to create. And that's why I'm here in front of you right now. And that's why thousands of people listen to this podcast too, is because of the years and years and years that I sacrificed a lot of fucking shit. I was really fucking boring for a long time. Shit, I'm still kind of boring. But I gave up a lot of things to build what I'm building now. And that's the thing is I'm still building. I'm not perfect. I'm still figuring out how to be the best boss. I'm still trying to figure out what, you know, how to pay better attention to reports and numbers and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot that I'm still learning. And I'm even making another fucking business, right? I'm like, holy fuck, why am I doing this? But the thing is, you, you just fucking do it. If you believe in yourself and you know that it's going to be a hit, you do it. You do it and you try. And guess what? If it's not, maybe it just won't bring in as much money as you thought, but you're still making money. Maybe you don't sell 200 coasters a day. Maybe you only sell one. 
But that's 20 extra fucking bucks that you wouldn't be making if you weren't sharing anything. Trust the process. Trust yourself. Manifest what success looks like for you. And remember that your success is relative to you. That's like me basing my success. Oh, I'm not successful unless I'm at the at the point of Katie Hearn. Hell the fuck no. I'm never going to be Katie Hearn. I'm never going to be Hayden. I'm never going to be them. I'm me and I'm on my own little path. My success is relative to my life. And right now I would say I'm successful. And that's me not playing any comparison game. That's just me being proud of me. So I hope that this inspired you guys today to not only dig deeper in what this journey looks like for you in life, but if if this is something that you really want to take control of and take the reins, take messy action. Just do it. Trust in yourself. Do it. Try it. You never know where you could fall. So I hope you guys have a great day next week. We'll see what we want to chat about. I'm thinking maybe something along time management. My girl Jazz, she was like, girl, do an episode on time management. I fucking suck. I was like, yeah, you do. Just kidding. (laughs) Make sure that you rate, review, subscribe, listen to Below the Influencer on Thursdays. If you have any questions, please reach out. I, I can't always get to everyone. But if there's something that I can help or even, you know, address in a future podcast, et cetera, I'd love to. I hope you guys have an amazing Sunday. Thank you for getting business savvy with me and I'll see you next week.